Welcome to the Bhakti Talk podcast, where we discuss the spiritual path through the wisdom ways and practices of our beloved guru, Swami Premadaya. We are your hosts, Swami Sky, and I am Ananda Dev. The Bhakti Talk podcast is presented by the International Centers of Divine Awakening. Subscribe on our webpage, YouTube, or any of the major podcasting sites. Be sure to also give us a follow on all social media at Bhakti Talk Podcasts. In today's episode number three, Keeping Count, we have a very special guest, Shomari Dev. Shomari Dev is an advanced disciple of Swami Pramadaya, the administrator of Icoda Brussels, Icoda's yoga teacher, and a former professional dancer. Yay! <laughs> and there's Shomari Dev. Hello. Hi. Welcome, welcome, our beloved guru sister. It's really, really wonderful to have you. I'm so glad that you are our first guests. Yeah, I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> So today I, I'm very excited uh, for this particular podcast because I find um, Guru Bhakti Yoga very fascinating. And we actually titled the episode Guru Bhakti and Yoga. Just to be cute, uh, Guru Bhakti Yoga is a particular practice, but at the same time, uh, sp specifically yoga, I, I'm very fascinated with. It's uh, There's a lot of yoga practitioners um, and I'm quite fascinated with your personal story because we were talking the other day and I, I know you very well now and I'm very lucky and pleased and blessed to have you as a guru sister. And I've, I just, I adore you. Um, and your path, your, your life story, your work, your spiritual practice has always included uh, the body. It's always, you have a, a, a long practice as a certified yoga practitioner, um, a yoga, certified yoga teacher as Icoda's yoga teacher and teaching outside of Icoda as well. But you're also a formal professional dancer. And I find it very fascinating that much of your life has involved a very precise discipline of physical practice. Mm -hmm. And I would love to hear more about your story um, maybe you can start with uh, as a dancer and, and, and in the body and in movement and what that's meant to you in your spiritual practice. I, it's my pleasure. Um, so basically, I started dancing already when I was 10 years old. And it's a daily practice. And it really starts immediately with a discipline. You're it's it's you have to be on time you have to wear your right clothes your hair needs to be tight you have to stand still no scratching if it itches so it's already from the years of 10 i i had to learn how to be disciplined and you really have to dedicate yourself you have to go for it give a hundred percent not nothing less and I started with ballet technique so it was really based on shapes and while growing older, I, I, I loved the, the precision and the details and the, and the discipline that it gave me. And I just loved dancing in any way. Um, but I was also very curious in other styles of dance and in improvisation or other creations and new things. And, and 
So I started experimenting with other styles and more modern and contemporary dance. And I noticed that I moved from doing shapes, shaping my body perfectly to finding out what is between the shapes to really discovering more the movement and then the fullness and then engaging a full body. And so it's always been a, a journey that needed discipline, but also it started going on a path where more is possible, more is available. And so that curiosity really uh, brought me more to the inner practice and, and, and well, being on stage, it makes you aware of, of, of what you're doing. You have to be really precise. You have to be aware, but also I was questioning a lot, like, what am I doing? What am I, why am I on stage? Everyone is looking, what do I want to say? How do I say it? So this really helped in, in, in becoming more aware and finding out for myself what I was, uh, wanting and how can I be more present on stage? How can my movement be more full? How so in that journey, uh going from ballet training, I moved into thanks to a very great colleague, uh, I moved into yoga practice. They brought me along. They said, this is great, come along. And I wasn't so sure the first time. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> because it was a Bikram yoga class, so it was very, very intense, uh, sweating mm -hmm. and mirrors and someone talking like the whole time, the whole class through. And I had never done yoga before. And this is Bikram yoga is a, is a hatha yoga. It's asanas. It's very physical. And um, it's done in an incredible heat. And But what surprised me most is the teacher was constantly talking. And in my mind, I had it like most people that, don't know much about yoga. I hadn't read about yoga. I, I just went and experimented. And in my mind, it was sitting quietly and peace and silence. And that was not that. <laughs> well, that's a that's an excellent point because you're you're already describing something so beautifully that's that's absolutely true, which is a physical discipline, especially in the form of uh, practice, a spiritual practice like hatha yoga. Mm -hmm. um, which we adore, you know, our, our beloved Guru Swami Pramadaya uh, really adores and admires the impact of Hatha Yoga, specifically uh, Sivananda Yoga, um, who's massively responsible for yoga coming to the West mm -hmm. through his Guru Satchitananda, or through his disciples Satchitananda, who um, is a pioneer of bringing uh, Hatha Yoga to the West there. I mean, yoga wouldn't be in uh, the West the way that it is without Sivananda and Satchitananda. Um, no question. And mm. my first, my first introduction to yoga was also, also Hatha yoga, but I want to get back to your, your point. Um, mm. It's, it's incredible how that physical discipline and certainly the practice of yoga which appears to be an outward bodily practice mm -hmm. reveals the inward. Mm -hmm. It reveals what's going on inside. Mm -hmm. You're so bodily focused that your awareness increases on mm -hmm. your internal focus. So it is, even though it's an, uh, it seems like an external practice, 
It's it's an internal process. I mean, yoga itself means union. So there is no external and internal practice. It is just a singular practice. I mean, that's part of the beauty of it. Yeah, that's exactly what I discovered, Sky. When I first started, I really did it for the physical physicality of it because as a ballet dancer, my body was trained in a very specific shaping, always turning the body out and always having, you know, very specific shapes. And I missed grounding and the yoga is very grounding. So that was a good physical practice for me. But then, so I started for the physical part of it, but then during the practice, the more I practiced, the more I noticed what's going on in my mind. And the more I noticed how I can concentrate, how I can focus and how focus concentration in longer practice became a meditation. And I became so focused and strong in it that it really showed me so much of mind and then of total let go. And I, I was surprised because that, you know, that just came. It was through the body, working through the body to really first get to the mind and then even to, to get to a total let go. And, and that you really feel at the end of a class, like I have no body. <laughs> And that's beautiful. I was so surprised. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> I, I remember. Yep, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. It's also a great explanation you gave. Um, it's because it's very scientific. It seems like the practice you went through, also as a dancer, and yoga is also a science. And hearing you talk about the scientific way in which you practice dance, and then also brought it to yoga the discipline and how because bhakti bhakti is also it's about love it's about singing it's about dancing and i think when mo what most people think of when they hear dancing they think about being free but then when i hear you speak it's like through this discipline of course discipline is freedom so mm. yeah that's what you basically stated and and I just I, I gotta clear I, I not not clarify but I gotta expand I gotta expand mm -hmm. upon because it's such a beautiful example of our beloved guru because we're all, we're all uh, we should just say for anybody that might be listening yeah. or tuning in we all have the same guru our beloved guru is Bodhisattva Sri Swami Pramadaya known as Swami Pramadaya or you'll hear us refer to him as Swamiji or Guruji or Gurudev. And it's such a joy to be able to share in and experience the, the beauty of our own beloved teacher. Um, and I completely lost my train of thought. Well, discipline, in, is, in bhakti. <laughs> discipline is freedom. That is also one of that's the... That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's what... Thank you so much. That That's exactly... I, I I got carried away in the uh, the aroma of the sweet aroma of <laughs> talking about the guru, and I, I forgot the point I wanted to make, which is what our guruji has so beautifully put mm -hmm. that a lot of people think freedom is doing anything you want, whenever you want. Well, that's the freedom we all have. The problem is we're just carried away in in breathe. You know, it's like if you just eat cake endlessly it doesn't give you the nutrients you actually need to function. So you, everybody has discipline. Everybody lives discipline. Otherwise you die. You know, you do put a certain, the right clothes on for the right environment. 
you do have to eat and drink. There are disciplines, but discipline has become kind of a very negative word in Western culture because they they it's it's meant to be like the the nuns wrapping the knuckles in class for you acting up. I'm gonna discipline you. But no, we're talking about the the, the freedom through discipline. It's it's being discipline of your mind so that you can choose rather than your conditioning or what the Buddhists call the monkey mind, rather than making your life chaos and crazy because you're just blown about by all emotions and feelings of the moment. It's it's maturing and having the discipline so you can actually live freely as yourself so that you're choosing so that you're doing you're living the life you're deciding rather than your ego or your patterning or your conditioning so it's it's literally discipline is a part of any and all spiritual paths and even more so discipline is already part of a human life <laughs> otherwise <laughs> driving would be very difficult even india has discipline in driving <laughs> So I, I just wanted to make those comments on, on discipline because part of your the beauty of your story is a demonstrable example of how discipline has brought to you to such gems. Hmm. And discipleship. And discipleship, yeah. Definitely. I love, I love Guruji's comment that, that uh, uh, disciple is the same thing as discipline, just a couple different letters. So it's just the same and also maybe something you can expand on shamari literally going for a yoga uh, teacher training in los angeles brought you to your guru so, we're running yes. we're running ahead <laughs> we'll let you yeah. we'll let you get back to your story <laughs> well to get back to my story um <laughs> We get starting, excited. Starting, <laughs> starting with yoga, I, I actually, I, at that time, I was very skeptical about everything, about the world and how it functioned and, and everything that's going on. And I, I wasn't a believer. I wasn't part of any religion. I'm, I'm still not, but I, I wasn't really into spiritual books. I was, I was very... Well, you can call it sober, but that's not really, I mean, I just, just not reading any spiritual books. I was not going to any spiritual meetings or satsangs. I didn't have a guru. I just started yoga and this yoga practice seemed to work for me. And I started to notice something shifting and there is something more that that was, you know, there is, but I called it energy. Like there is energy. I, I, I recognize that, you know, that's something we breathe air. We don't see it, you know, it's. And, and scientists recognize it's air, but there's still a lot of things that scientists don't recognize. And I started to notice there is something more that they are not saying. <laughs> so that was through all these experiences of yoga classes and yoga practice and 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 noticing the shift in 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 the meditation, even though I wasn't aware that I was doing meditation at that time. Um, and so from there I had I had this openness, but I was still not busy with it or focused on it or but then at one point we had our first son was born and I had a break in my dance career. Um, and I wanted to go back into moving and uh, I started back my yoga practice. 
and um, the new yoga studio in Brussels, they, because I lived in Brussels at that time, <laughs> they wanted a new teacher. And I had been practicing the yoga for years because I started practicing Hatha yoga in 2000. And then it was around 2005. In the meantime, I had already practiced also many different kind of yogas. So I was doing Ashtanga, Iyengar, uh, Yin Yoga, uh, many, many different things, Shadow Yoga. Um, and I noticed that each style had benefits, like each style could, if you're open, if you come open-minded, if you listen, if you really, you know, you can use it to your own practice. There's, there's, there's just different ways of doing it, but it's really the same yoga union. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first, the first time after a, a Shivananda yoga class in, in Los Angeles. And <laughs> I remember somebody telling me, well, there's a lot of your emotions are really kept in your hips. Oh, there's really? so many emotions that are stored in your hips. And at, you know, I'm mid twenties, I'm a Midwestern guy who played ice hockey, you know, 20 something years, you know, I'm, I'm a guy coming from having a Mohawk. You're telling me my emotions are stored in my hips. I was like, what are you talking about? And then as I matured and as, uh, you know, yoga was a practice, it's not so much a practice for me now, but there's two periods where yoga was an intense focus. And I can't believe how absolutely accurate that is. It's like, and then, and then the arrogant position of, you know, a 20 year old thinking that, you know, whatever, but just, just how absolutely accurate the science of yoga is that you can actually trace to where the body stores emotion and then move that emotion or, or move a blockage in an energetic blockage in the body. And so when you, when you commented, it just reminded me of how, how accurate that actually is. <laughs> yeah. You store a lot of emotions in the hips. So when you do some hip clearings or hip openings, emotions come out. So. Yeah. And hard openers, it really, it really works. It's, it's really, it's amazing all the effects these postures have. And then also the, as the, you have the asanas, but you also have the breath work with it, the pranayamas, and it really cleanses. You can really feel it. Like it's, it's science. It's, it's old, it's 3000 years old science. It's not just some story. It really works. The postures really have the specific benefits that help on many levels, not just the physical one, but also the emotional one, the spiritual, like it really does a full work and of many levels, we're not aware at first. That's why I thought I'm just gonna go for a, for a physical practice and then find some quiet. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it's nice discovery. <laughs> And for a lot of people, that is where it starts. You know, yeah. it does start as yeah. a, it, it, at least it's not the gym and, you know, more noise. But yoga was never intended uh, as this ancient science. It was never intended to be a uh, exercise program as far yeah. as, what do, what do they call it? For, for vanity muscles. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a, it's not a routine for, to have a, a vanity body yeah i while teaching i had 
well, that, um, we're skipping later, but while teaching, you, I noticed a lot of people come for that. They think, I'm going to do some yoga classes and then I'll have the top model body. That's <laughs> And, you know, we, we support all spiritual seekers and all spiritual paths. And I love what Swami Premadaya, our beloved guru, says about how he honors all gurus and all spiritual paths. Mm -hmm. And for some people, that's how it starts. So yeah. we never we never hold judgment, but we do. We also at the same time honor the sacred. And sometimes it's it's pretty hard when it becomes just marketing, when they've taken something that is a sacred spiritual practice mm -hmm. and it is turned primarily into marketing and vanity that does tend to uh, weigh heavy on the heart because you really know what people are missing. Mm. Yes, but it's also really beautiful to see how this can shift and how this can change <laughs> just by doing yeah. practice. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, with this opportunity to go for uh, yoga teacher training, I was like, "Well, yeah, of course. That sounds great. It's the perfect timing. I think I need a break from dancing anyway because I became a mom." And um, I checked in with my partner and I said, "Well." Uh, here's the thing, I can go to LA for nine weeks, but I won't do it without you because I spent my, the first year of our son's life with him a lot of time. And I was like, I'm not ready to leave you behind for nine weeks and uh, not see your first steps and just to miss you for nine weeks would be too much. So we agreed that we go together. And I was very lucky it worked out. Um, worked and that's right. to your, so to go together for this nine week teacher training was yes. to, to Los Angeles from to Brussels Los Angeles. to Los yes. Angeles. Yes. <laughs> so I took my man and uh, my, and our son <laughs> and we went to LA for nine weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, 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 <clears throat> The man she's re referring to, that's Ananda Dev. That's me. Yes. <laughs> it, 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 just, it just becomes weird. <laughs> not, not, not to add that for people who don't know us. So, yes. It's going to be yeah. a surprise reveal. <laughs> yes. Yes. Surprise. A surprise ending that everybody knows. It's so, actually something I'd like to talk about later on uh, because you guys are married um, and you've been together. I don't know how, how many years have you guys been together now? 20 this year. This oh, year. wow. Yeah, Good thing yeah. he knows that. And, <laughs> and, and actually, we we got married on that trip in when we were in. Yeah. <laughs> that was also. Happening. Wait a minute! I didn't know that part. Oh. So I want to continue your story and your your yoga uh, path, your path of, yes. uh, and your yoga journey, as they say. Um, but I would like to leave some time at the end. I'd love to talk about because I think it's very interesting, and I think it's also helpful for some people to hear what it's like to be married and on a spiritual path. Because um, you both are very devoted to the spirituality um, and you know awareness and growing. Uh, continually growing in consciousness, all the ways you can say it. So I think that's very interesting. But I also just want to say, so then we'll go back to, I want to hear what you, you want to continue your story. I also say I, I actually wanted that to be last because it's not the most important thing. I think it's so fascinating 
the, anybody's spiritual path. It's very fascinating that you guys have traveled individually and, and together. Um, and I want to honor your, your partnership, but what I really adore is, is you as Shamari Dev and your path and you as Ananda Dev and your path. And it's just fascinating that you have a, it's like a two car path. <laughs> um, but that's one of the things that, that I love about uh, Swami Pramodaya and the International Centers of Divine Awakening is that it's always your individual path. It's your path. Um, our mission is, is one of our taglines, but it's, you have to walk it. So, you know, it, it often gets confused. People think like it's, it's, it's so, we're so close and we're so intertwined, but you guys have traveled it so beautifully um, because it's, it's also about the closeness of the people you're journeying with. And so we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And to add to that, it is absolutely an individual path. And it's also my honor to be able to witness from close by everything uh, Shamara is sharing now with us, uh, how she got to yoga and what yoga did for her. I knew a bit about it, but hearing her speak about it now, it's it's amazing. It's, uh, yeah, y you said it really, really, really well. Also, having a body-focused background, how that is for you absolutely the way. I know you also um, went into other uh, physical therapy, body-based um, um, things. Um, can you say also a bit more about those? Well, are you, are you talking about... Well, Reiki I did later, and but I also did uh, some other techniques, you know, where you slow down, some Alexander techniques, and then some um, Feldenkrais techniques. And those techniques already, the going slower is, is a very different approach, going from the inside of the body instead of from, you know, compared to the belly technique, the, the image you create. Um, yeah, you, it's, I just it, wanted. Yeah. No, you you just have a very very um, and it's uh, probably because you started so early. I know it is sometimes difficult to realize for you how big your actual physical knowledge is, the physical knowledge you have mm -hmm. of your own body, but also of other bodies, bodies in space, because you were a dancer but you were also a choreographer so that yeah. that it's about bodies in space and this whole connectivity it 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 seems like you come from the physical side like you said going into the inside and I just loved hearing you talk about that and I just want you to continue to talk about that okay. <laughs> Well, I think I heard you say now that that I can see a lot in other people's bodies. And I think, yes, that is part of starting that practice, that physical practice really early and starting from shapes and how how the body is shaped, can be shaped, different bodies. And you also learn from a very young age to look at bodies because 
a big part of learning the movement is copying. That's how you start. So you start to copy a shape, but that means you have to look at the shape. What does it look like? And you copy that. And then you see other people copying that. And I've noticed during my during uh, my dance school uh, period that it really helped to look at people, that this was something also they encouraged, like sit down and look what you see, what is going what is going straight, what is going crooked, what is going you know, too fast, too slow. Are they together? Are they? So you learn to look in different ways. And then they also learn you, for example, how your body relates to other dancers and how you relate to space. So you become very aware already of all these different levels of the physical body, not just the shape, but also how do I relate with my 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 partner in space? How do I relate to the public? How do I, where am I placed on stage? And so they learn you to look forward but to see what's going on right here and so it's also the vision is trained very differently and then all from you know from training so intensely you have to take care of your body as well so what we often did is we would start massaging each other because ah, I, I i did that movement too many times so your classmate is going to massage you a little bit and then you discover no higher, no lower. So already from an early age, you, you're touching other bodies, you're trying to treat and trying to see, okay, then we have to do the counter movement. And you discover a lot just by talking to each other, by looking at each other. And so that physical knowledge is built up from when you're 10. Um, so this is fascinating to me. This is why I'm so fascinated because you're also describing without any knowledge, without any indication, without like a mentor or something like that, you're describing what a yoga teacher must develop. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I find that incredible. So you're, you're, you're describing this. So I, I love Ananda Dev's uh, uh, version of what he's saying to you is like, hey, you have such a, a wealth, such a, an authority, such a vision for this. And then you're describing as a child the situation that would be very helpful for a, a yoga teacher to have. And so I do want to go back to now you're going to Los Angeles to have your yoga teacher training um, because this this uh, what you're developing in childhood that then ended up being in your yoga practice, I'm sure was absolutely applied as a yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. And I really also had a very clear motivation to do this training because I, I firsthand noticed that this works, this works, this has such benefits on so many levels. I, I, I was more clear in my head. I could be more aware of things. I'm, um, it was so good that yoga practice and then, you know, discovering like there is more, there is more, there is more. Of course, I felt attracted to go and do this training. Um, and I wanted to share this. I was like, if I can get so much out of this, then I want other people to get this too. Um, so that was my motivation to, to really go to the training, to learn how can I pass this on and how can I give this to someone else? And of course, not everyone is ready or open to receive or willing or, you know, people come in different stages in their life with different bodies, different uh, from different backgrounds. It doesn't matter, but sometimes people are not ready yet and sometimes they are and you can really give them 
and 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 give them this door you know show them this door that's all you do really you show them the door and then and this this more that you were getting out of your yoga practice that inspired you to take the teacher training because uh brussels was looking for a new teacher though there's something more you're referring to the the meditative qualities the awareness of of your own mind working um you're i just want to make sure that that's being said and i am understanding you you're saying the something more was the oh this physical practice is giving me spiritual yeah. insight awareness uh meditative qualities i'm experiencing you know I don't want to say I don't want to say too many words because I want to hear what you have to say. I'm just one, excited. Yeah. One of the things that it really developed in me too was gratitude. Mm. Like I, I became much more grateful for life, for for the the moment, for anything. So it really it it really developed more gratitude in me. And I think that was also one of the things that was so beautiful to recognize that i was like oh this is good you know that felt really good to do um yeah but at the same time i was still at not 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 totally yet into the spiritual i was still i started to recognize things but i was still very um wanting to stay realistic wanting to you know i didn't use the word god i didn't you know there was no no talk about the divine it was really still holding back <laughs> but i sensed there is something there yeah um if you say holding back i'll take your word for it but also it might not have just arrived quite yet in a way that you could tap into yeah. Um, the know, holding back usually means I've I've I see this, I know this, and, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, okay. but yeah, but you're uh, you're not uh, how I hear it is I just yeah. I want to give you the credit because I don't hear that you're holding back. I hear that your curiosity is growing and and it's all you know becoming holding back is is something we tend to, tend to do once we know it's the right thing for us and then we hold back but you're saying I'm I, I, you're describing somebody who's not holding back who's going all in exactly but i thank you the the good words the better words are i was just in the beginning of the path <laughs> sure that that makes more sense <laughs> cuz i don't hear that you're holding anybody who's like i feel this call I'm headed to the call. I'm going to go right. do a nine-week course. That doesn't sound like somebody holding back. <laughs> holding back because I really know I should take this uh, nine-week course. <laughs> and I'll see about it next year. <laughs> no, I, I went for it immediately. That was clear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's not holding back. Uh, that's that's <laughs> that's going for it. <laughs> so, so you go to Los Angeles. Uh, you have... Um, your husband, or I guess you weren't married yet. Yes, no, my partner. <laughs> so you, you had your partner and your son with you, and you went to Los Angeles uh, for nine weeks. Yeah. Uh, so you want to tell us about that training or tell us about that period? Yes. So the training was very intense. Uh, Anana took care of our son, Loka. And I was already gone at 6.30 a.m., I think. Yeah, early or 6 a.m. 
And um, I came home 11 p.m., sometimes midnight, sometimes later. So it was really, really full days. We had two full yoga classes, two hours in the, what was it? Uh, it's 40 degrees Celsius, but in Fahrenheit, I'm it's, a hot. Lot. it's yeah, very 100, hot. 110. 110. And there's like 350 people in the room. Like it's a lot of people doing the same posture at the same time. It's intense. It's beautiful. You know, this energy, everyone doing that same posture and going into that focus is beautiful, but intense. And then we're learning, we're getting classes from doctors and, and, and anatomy classes and so on and so on. Um, and then at one point, Bikram uh, told us to read the book of uh, Shivananda, right? Yogananda. 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 Yeah, autobiography of a yogi. Exactly, autobiography of a yogi. And so I asked Ananda, well, if you have time, could you go and get the book? Because I've never read it. I'd be very curious to read it. And Ananda went to the bookshop. In, in Los Angeles. Uh, Bodhi Tree, Bodhi Tree Bookstore. Yeah, it's on. It was it, it, it since closed down. Oh, man, my heart mm -hmm. goes out to whenever a spiritual uh, bookstore and icon of Los Angeles like that is no longer in business. It's no longer there. But you went to the Bodhi Tree Bookstore um, off of Melrose. I've been there many times myself. Uh, and. Good, go on. I just, I just get so excited about this part. Bookstore, he saw a flyer, and it had uh, the advertisement advertisement of Swami Premadaya's. I think it was a workshop. Yeah. yeah. So he came home with the book. I was really happy, and then he said, "Hey, listen, um, because on Saturdays I also did HBO classes, so it was really six days week." So he what's, was. What's, what's an HBO class? Because oh, in, um, in, in the United States, HBO is a is a uh, first help. Network. Oh, sorry. EHBO. EHBO. I almost had it. But, that, <laughs> but that's also not something they say in the U.S. Correct? Or no. do you? EH. No, 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 no. First help course. You first know when help. someone is yeah. suffocating or having a heart attack or. You know oh, what to do when this happens. It's the same thing as we would call CPR. So it's the CPR. same thing as CPR. Yeah. CPR. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> An HBO course sounds like a, a class for actors. Well, the movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my husband was taking care of the. No. Yeah. So um, no, but it was an intense training, and he was on his own six days a week, and then he was like, "Hey, I found this flyer." And I would really love to go. Um, maybe on Sunday you can take care of Loka and I can go to the workshop. And I was like, yeah, of course. And he went and... Uh, so you know, uh, just for, for a fun fact, that yeah. that was the second time that that title was used for an all-day workshop. So one of the offerings at the International Centers of Divine Awakening is all day workshops with Swami Premadaya. They have been historically, I, I'm in my 20th year at ICOTA. I'm in my, I'm so excited to say that I'm, I'm, boy, I'm using the word excited a lot today. I must be. I must be. <laughs> 
I, I'm so happy, pleased. I'm so full of joy. I feel incredibly blessed to say I'm in my 20th year with Swami Pramadaya. And the first ever, 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 ever event was an all-day workshop. All-day workshops are an incredible opportunity to spend a whole day with Swami Pramadaya. It often involves question and answer format. He often works uh, very closely with one-to-one uh, -one with people within a group setting. I've always loved Premadaya's comment that he does not work with groups. He works with individuals in groups. So it's so beautiful, the one-to-one -one time you get. <clears throat> the first ever event, October 2nd, 2004, was an all-day workshop. And the event you're talking about is an all-day workshop. And we've had many, 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 many work all-day workshops. And twice, the title everyone knows everything was used. And the two times it was used was when I went to the first all-day workshop, October 2nd, 2004, everyone knows everything. And now years later, Ananda Dev's first all-day workshop, everyone knows everything. So that title and that all-day workshop has brought the three of us to this conversation. Yeah, that was, was 2006. It? Yeah. Right? What, what, yeah. Was that title also especially triggering for you, Swami Sky, the title? So so just just because words mean things, nowadays triggering means something very negative. It means okay, like, okay. It means like I'm, I'm, I'm triggered and yeah. you have either a ner nervous system is triggered or you're having a, a stress response or an anxiety response. So we honor people who have triggers. Um, and I'm just going to say that I, I know what you meant, Yes. Was that title very inspiring? Was it yes. very, you know, thrilling? Did it attract yes. you? Yes. And the answer is yes. However, it was the face. It was the image. It was the image of Swami Pramadaya mm -hmm. that was what grabbed me the most. Mm -hmm. The fact that the title was like, wait a minute, everybody does know everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's true. But it was his face. And then upon going to the website after truly being heart called to that image and seeing that his guru was Osho, it was his face I was attracted to. It, it was the title was like, but that it, it, what I what I what was going on inside of my me in my heart was the title could have been anything, but it was a very uh, you could you could say provocative or, or interesting or fascinating title, and you could feel the ring of truth in it. Like mm -hmm. that's something that's so beautiful about uh, Guruji. His words are so precise. Mm -hmm. There's there's no extra word. There's no he's he is the practical guru partly because of how how absolutely effective he is. And one of the ways that he's so effective is in his materials, whether it's a writing, whether it's a title, whether it's a discourse. It's so incredibly effective. How precise. Listen to that. It's three words. Everyone. That's everyone. Knows. Knows. Everything. That's everything. It's like, you know, it's, it's like a Zen cone. You can, you can actually go into that. There's no, it takes it, it immediately that removes all like right and wrong judgment. All everything goes away because everyone knows everything. There's also no ego in it because it's everyone knows everything. Mm -hmm. I, I know more than you gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So that's part of the beauty of, of uh, Swami Pramadaya as spiritual teacher is his teachings are so rich. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you were telling a very beautiful story, and then I uh, I uh, wanted to share the 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 pieces that tie us all together because I love it so much. Yeah, I love hearing you talk about Swami G Sky. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> so. So we were in LA, Ananda went, he came back and he was like, you could see something happened, but I didn't know I wasn't there. So I never, I, I didn't meet Swamiji at that point. Um, I remember he bought a bracelet and or maybe two, one for him, one for me. <laughs> that is a very smart, yeah. that's a smart, smart move. <laughs> So I was like, oh, this doesn't hurt. <laughs> so so I, I ha- we have to say, because there's people who may be watching this on YouTube, and this is our third episode, and I think Ananda Dev in the first two, we ha- we, we are definitely wearing Native American jewelry. So yeah. one, of our, one of our passions individually is that we love Native American jewelry. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that we got introduced to Native American jewelry and Native culture through Swami Premadaya. Swami Premadaya has a big passion a a a overflowing love for native culture um he has spent some time with some of some of the most incredible uh of our recent generation like russell means and his love and appreciation for native culture and indigenous culture everywhere um is part of the the joy that he shares and he loves native american jewelry he used to say oh it's part of my mission to give get make try to get everybody to have at least one piece of native american jewelry because of just it's so rich it's so it's all handmade it's all from from it's all native handmade and that you know native culture they put you know they're they're connected with spirit so it's not just um you know uh, Claire's here, here we have the, like the, at the, at the mall or the shopping center, the cheap jewelry center is called Claire's, but it, it's, it's just his love and his passion. And as I, you know, fell in love with my guru, I also have a deep affinity for indigenous culture. And, uh, the first, you know, the first time I bought a uh, native jewelry myself, I bought two pieces and one was a spinner. So it actually was three pieces. And so I really fell in love with the native jewelry myself. It became my own passion. And one of the things that I love about it is its adornment. It's meant for the wearer. It's celebration of life through adornment, through wearing of, of jewelry. And so we all have uh, collected and our collections have grown. Um, and man, I, I keep trying to convince us of like, when are we going to get a, an ashram that, so we live in one place so we can borrow each other's jewelry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hearing, you talk, hearing you talk about jewelry, that, that's also it, one of many ways where the, you mentioned it, the celebration, but also bhakti. One of yes. the of bhakti is also sharing. So the sharing of, of yeah. all this rich richness, basically, that's also what the guru is in our life. Like, and I mean, you know, you could also go into. I didn't know this at the time, but I, I did know it at some point, and kept collecting that the Native uh, American one of the uh, Diné uh, beliefs is that um, 
turquoise is the is your piece of the sky the creators uh <laughs> so yeah you know i'm just skying it up um, <laughs> so, so but it's so enjoyable to to as part of my daily or part of my practice is to get dressed in a way that feels the celebration of life, the celebration of my spiritual path. It's a it's a, a way that I connect with my my spiritual community and beyond. Uh, you know, it's 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 you know ancestors. It's beyond and beyond. So. Um, I, again, yeah. I'm, now I'm way off on on a, a Native American jewelry <laughs> tangent. But all the jewelry also really, I mean, it's incredibly beautiful and, and everything you said. And then also for me, it's, it's, it reminds me of my guru. So it's it's wonderful. Every time I look at it, it reminds me of my guru. So Yeah, for, for me too. It's just like, mm -hmm. it, it also reminds me of you. And I, I love you <laughs> so much. So it's like, it's like putting on your, 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 connecting you know twin powers connect with your sangha with your guru and with your spiritual path so it's such a joy um but back to yeah <laughs> back to back yeah. to him coming home from an all-day workshop with two bracelets and and yeah. whatever your experience or whatever he reported and tell us what what happened and what comes next well it was 2006 there were no online events yet um, I don't think Zoom was active at that time. Not, a, I don't know. Um, we actually started our online events before Zoom was created. We used okay. to use a different service. A Fuse was it Fuse. called before yeah. Zoom even came around? So yeah. we were way ahead of the times. But yeah. you're talking about a time even before that. Yeah. So my training was coming to an end, and also Ananda had to go back to start work. Um, so he had met Swamiji and. I think for him, that's definitely where his journey started. For me, it was not yet. I, 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 I was, I was going back without having met Swamiji, and I went back to Belgium, and um, that was 2006. And I started my journey as yoga teacher, and I started dancing again. And then I think it was 2012, or was it 2011, Ananda? 12, 2012. 12. Ananda got an email saying that Swamiji would come to Europe. And we're like, wow, okay. And so I, you know, it's I I'm I have this incredible story that, you know, I don't, I didn't have to go to the Himalayas to look for my guru, but my guru literally came knocking at my door. So it's amazing. I, of course, I didn't know it when he rang the bell. <laughs> but my Guruji literally came walking through my door at my doorstep in my home in Brussels. So, and that was well, the first time you met him. And that was the first time I met him. Wow, that's yes. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was like, okay, yeah, hello. And <laughs> he seemed a little <laughs> tired. Um, I was like, okay, okay, the, the, everything was ready all the way upstairs. The, I'm so sorry he had to go all those stairs up. Um, um, but I was very happy. And I, I did my first workshop with Swamiji in Brussels. And I I knew, I immediately knew, like, wow, this is, this is different. This is really beyond. 
that like I felt the satsang energy and I had never felt such an energy before ever I I knew everything was vibrating everything things were happening and shifting and and all the the because he's a practical guru, we do exercises and we do self-discovery exercises and 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 it was really like wow what I, I was really blown away I didn't know what was hitting me it was like whoa <laughs> and um and at that point after those workshops Ananda already we had a private session in my first private session with Swamiji, I remember we were sitting on our terrace in the garden. It was September. And uh, I told him, I actually talked, I didn't know Swamiji was an Osho uh, devotee. I didn't know. And I actually, by myself, I started talking about Osho. I said, I read one book of Osho. <laughs> and I, I talked about the things that really uh that really um, were intriguing to me that were like, wow, that's, that's, you know, there's so much wisdom in here. And, and, and uh, because it was the book, my first Osho book was uh, love, freedom and aloneness. And uh, I did have question about some things that like about the community, how that can work because well, I was still very conditioned at my family. And, you know, I knew from what I could see that most of society is not ready to live that way. So how could this work? <laughs> so that was yeah. question. Like how, how, how do I how do I make sure I don't become a target of uh, those <laughs> those around me if I decide that this is right for me? Because I'm already a weirdo by being a yoga person. <laughs> and now now there's this teacher guru like what? <laughs> yeah and uh but already you know the guru was in my because already the yoga guru it, it was different because it's not a spirit it's a hatha yoga it's a physical training form and it, of course it goes beyond but uh, this was different this was really someone that knew about the spiritual realm and and that's a whole new territory so at that point i'm i really felt myself stepping into a new realm like what is this? What What is going on? And now in hindsight, you can say it's going from yoga, Hatha yoga, a practice, you know, with the body and union, that this is when Guru Bhakti yoga started. Yeah. And exactly. I mean, we don't have the language for that at the time. We don't have the understanding for it. Even if somebody has explained it to you, which is not a thing, nobody, nobody explains it to you. But once you are actually plugged into it and it's actually presented in front of you it is very different because you can talk about discipleship and gurus and spiritual paths but one until you're actually on it and living it and it's happening you're just talking about it Swamiji often uses the example, if you talk about eating a piece of chocolate, <laughs> that's very different than eating a piece of chocolate. <laughs> I think yeah, that was a comment for you Belgians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely where the bhakti yoga path started because actually since that day, since I met Swamiji, not a day had gone by that I was thinking of him. And Ananda 
after the workshop was thinking of becoming a disciple we had never heard about such a thing we didn't know what it was it was all new it was like what does that mean being a disciple and 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 how does that work and and so it was all very like uh, uh, uh yes jumping into the unknown and ananda said i i think i want to do this and at one point he was like do you think i'm going crazy <laughs> <laughs> and i was like no, no no it's fine because i recognized uh, everything swamiji said was true it's it's truth coming out it's truth expressed and it's fine you jump at the same time i was like I, I was not ready yet to jump, but I was very curious, like, if he jumps and it's okay, then I can jump too, but let him jump first. <laughs> I was very happy he wanted to jump, because I was very curious myself, but I was like, no, I'm not ready yet, I'm not ready yet. Um, it was, yeah. Um, and then when he jumped, I... Uh, it was his jump and he was actually very private about it in the first half a year. He um, had sessions with Swamiji and and um, I think he started mystery school curriculum and BST, BST Beyond Self-Training. So I, I have to do a shameless plug because the Beyond Self-Training program is actually enrolling right now. Oh, um, and it is uh, ICOTA's course in consciousness created, developed by Swami Premadaya, and it's now enrolling uh, um, for March, March of this year. And that's a, it's an incredibly powerful program. And since we are <laughs> presented by uh, uh, International Centers of Divine Awakening, I just have to say what an incredible program that is. And it, it is enrolling for, for the later uh, in two months. So later this year. Yeah. So, and it, anyway. it's, absolutely life-changing absolutely beyond self-training program i can highly recommend it but to get back to you shamari um it was probably maybe it was money mastery or one of the other ones because beyond self-training program we started together and then mystery school curriculum came also later oh, okay but go, go ahead yeah continue so but what i noticed from when i met swamiji until a couple of months later, Ananda worked, went to a winter retreat and I stayed home with the kids and also had to work. So it didn't work out for me to go. Um, but what I noticed that he, although what they talked about, Ananda kept very private, I could see changes in him that were really positive. Like he was more aware, he was more listening, he was more... I could see he was getting more happy. Some things were shifting and and only to the good. Like, I think I remember him having a lot of um, um, oh no, downloads uh, and, and that it really gave him insights. And I was like, wow, this is amazing what's happening. But aside from that, I still saw it. Okay, it's his discipleship. That's, you know, it is his path. It's not my path. It's his path. But I could see it's good. It's it's really the right way for him. And that, yeah. <laughs> I just, when you say downloads, you mean like a transmissions from the guru? Yes. Or yes. you mean the, the time yes. spent with Swami Pramadaya Guruji uh, being with him? 
that the insights and the, what he was receiving, uh, yeah. we often we often talked about Guruji's transmissions, just like you were saying, satsang energy. It's like yeah. just being in the presence of your guru has a, a an effect, and just being in that presence has such a, a way, you know, because guru, bringer of light, it has a way of just shining light on and giving insight to, and that's part of the guru's transmission. So I just want to be clear when you say you're talking yes. about what he's receiving directly from Swami Premadaya. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And so I could see that. So I was like, oh, this is good. <laughs> and um, and uh, another story, a part that I left out and that, that I really want to share because it's important. Um, when Swamiji was here in Brussels the very first time, Ananda had to go out for work. And then Swamiji left to Amsterdam. And then he had the opportunity to do another workshop in Brussels. So he came back and Ananda wasn't here. So it was just me and the boys. And uh, Swamiji came back just for a couple of days. Uh, I think just two nights or three. Uh, no, it was three or four. And uh, it, it is a long time ago. <laughs> but he had a shirt that he wanted to be cleaned. And he was going to go and leave Brussels and, and fly to India. And he said, I would really love to take this shirt, but it needs to be cleaned. Do you have a cleaner? So I brought it to the cleaner and um, they said it's going to be ready next day. And I called and it wasn't. And I think it was the day after that Swamiji was going to go. And I called again and it wasn't ready. And I never been so determined, but I remember <laughs> it was a really hot day. And I didn't have a driving license then, so I was always biking a huge bike. And so I biked to the cleaning shop and I was like, I'm not going to leave here until I get that shirt. Whether it's clean or not, I got to get that shirt. And I was really determined to leave with the shirt. And it was it was great because I never knew myself so powerful and so determined to really get it done. And I was not going to get out of the shop until I got the shirt. If they have to go there and bring it back, take it back out of a machine, I don't care. You got to give it to me and I'm not leaving without. So I was really <laughs> standing there and waiting. And then I guess the guy made some phone calls and after half an hour, I got the shirt and it was cleaned. And then I rushed back home biking on this really hot day uphill and I was sweating like crazy. But I felt so happy. I got the shirt and I came home and Swamiji was just really, as I, I parked the bike, I came into the door and Swamiji was there with his suitcase ready to leave for India. And I was like, just in time. And I was so happy. <laughs> and then Swamiji was like, but I packed my suitcase already now. <laughs> and it didn't matter because I was so happy. I was really happy about it. And later I realized this was my first seva, and that's why I was so happy. Yeah, and for anybody who might not know the word seva, it's it's service. It's like as as a practitioner, a spiritual practitioner, when you're you're giving, and it might even be meaningless, and it might not have, it might not even have. It's not like he said, "Get this," or you know, he, he oh. just said, "Oh, it'd be nice if I have a clean shirt." But you you what you find yourself is standing in in such love, appreciation, and gratitude for what this teacher is done for what your guru is at this point he's a spiritual he's a spiritual teacher um because you didn't take a, a initiation at that point yeah. um but you're you're just so excited to do the thing and you you find yourself like oh 
like it, it, the the the, uh, the effects that that ends up having on you you know it's uh, other people have tremendous passions uh, about uh football <laughs> but, but this ends up being you you finding yourself you're capable of connection and love and devotion towards the spiritual path and you have a doorway to that and you like oh <laughs> inexplicably you this it's just a shirt but now you find yourself more in love and you're like wait a minute what's going on here <laughs> yeah it's it's really it, it beautiful it, it functions it's it just functions in itself like it's it's such a joy. It was such an enormous joy. Like, because I, I did have two children, so I did a lot for the kids and that you get yeah. a lot of joy out, out of that too. But it's different. It's, it was really like, wow. I, I unexpected how much joy I was getting out of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what we call, I enjoy calling the miracle of the master mm. is there's, Another one of Swami Premadaya's quotes, like, you know, a disciple is surprised every single day. If you're living your discipleship every day is a, every day is a surprise and you're grateful for the miracle of every day. Yeah. So somehow the getting this done brought you tremendous joy and happiness. Well, that's the miracle of the master. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And that's something in that moment, I just enjoyed it. And it's something I realized later, like, oh, it was already, you know, discipleship was actually already at work only only the recognition wasn't there yet my recognition wasn't there yet so when did your recognition happen <laughs> <laughs> so then for this i think so that was when ananda came back from winter retreat and he said it was amazing you have that might have been israel was that israel no oh no. so it was a, it was a yeah, winter retreat yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, bit. so it was it was it would have been in California in the mountains. Yes. Idlewild, yes. Yeah. Uh December probably 2012. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you came back uh from the winter retreat. Yeah. Or he came back from the winter retreat. Yeah. yeah. So that's a couple of months later. It was yeah. And um and he said, you have to come next time. It's it's really amazing. And I'm like, yeah, but I still have to work. And then it worked out that it was possible uh, for me to come to the summer retreat. I think I needed to arrive a day later because I was still touring and performing. And uh, But it worked out with the flights. I was going to go a day later. It's fine. And at least I can have that part. And what and was the name of the venue? The name of the retreat place was Dancing Deer. Yeah, which we had never been to before. So this is the first time we had ever been to a any location yeah. that started or had at any point the word dance in it. <laughs> it was amazing because, first of all, when I was 10 years old, one of my teachers told me that my animal is a deer. And I never dug into it, whether it's true or not, but it, it rang with me. It was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I, that makes sense. I feel connected to deer. It's there's something there. And then the dancing was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit of a dancer. <laughs> now, when just so we also say that because it, it didn't occur to me until right now, 
when we say you're a dancer and you've been doing ballet, you're, you were part of a professional dance. You've literally oh, toured yeah. the world. You were, yeah. a I mean, when we say you're a dancer, it, it's, it was for a very long time and very successful. Like you, you literally have toured, I don't know how many countries, but it's been all over. So dance has not only, it's not like it's, in other words, it's not a hobby and it's not something that you, you did a little bit. You were a very, very serious dancer and your, your company toured all over. Yeah, I, I had a professional dance career for 22 years. Wow. Which is quite long for dancers because, yeah. the, you know, the physicality is really high, the demand is high of the body. So, nor, often dancers quit around 30. Contemporary dancers go on a little bit longer, but still, it's, it's 22 years is really long because contemporary dancers then often start later. Um, so, I had pieces of both. <laughs> And yeah, I danced professionally in Germany in a company for three years and then in, in Austria, in Vienna for five years. So those were really long fixed jobs in theaters. And then I started working freelance with a lot of different choreographers. And with those, I was really touring yeah, all over um, France, Netherlands, Germany, Austria, I don't know, Denmark, Norway, uh, Canada, yeah, Canada. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so when we say dancing deer, you have a, you basically, you're, you found, so at some point in your youth, you, a deer was your spirit animal and dancer has been your whole yeah. life and career. So it's not a, it's not a, I just wanted to emphasize that <laughs> this summer retreat, the first and only time we were at dancing deer and you were there and, and the, the, how that must've been for you to be like, wait, what? It's at dancing deer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's beautiful. I felt like, oh, this is meant for me. Yeah, I'm a dancing deer. I have to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the first night I arrived, we were dancing all evening. I remember dancing in that circle. And at one point, you were playing tabla, but maybe that was the second day. That's I I, it, I did end up playing tabla that, that yeah. we had. So we had uh, blaring music. In, in the most exuberant and joyful way. And it was, it's gotta be the, the, the most dancing we have ever done at a retreat. Uh, and yes, I, I ended up playing uh, uh, tabla <laughs> classical Indian music um, on the other day. Yeah. And then I remember on the second day, Nova became a disciple. She mm -hmm. had a invitation and um we stayed up really late at night. I think it was even 2 a.m. or something. But it was, I think it was later. Later? And it was really nice. It was wonderful. That night energy in truth. It was, wow. I, I was baiting. <laughs> I, I, as the uh, Icota lineage holder, and as since I was at the first ever event, October 2nd, 2004, and I made myself the historian over these years. Mm -hmm. I, I just, everything I just absorbed and, and especially, so in the very, very beginning, we didn't record um, the first ever event we recorded. And then the first couple of public events there until I could convince Swami Pramadaya that we should record, there weren't recordings. So I was like, I got to remember everything. So I just basically made myself the historian and I mark Dancing Deer Farm as a true mark of historic change at ICOTA wow. because 
up until Dancing Deer Farm, we were we adhered to the to the timing and the schedule very, very, very pinpoint, like maybe a couple minutes over, a little bit here and there. But at that uh, Dancing Deer retreat, we went, we just went all night. We just like, and it just, Swami Premadaya was so beyond abundant. Like we actually went beyond 2 a.m. Because I remember that I, uh, to take care of myself, because I had sleep issues at the time, I went to bed and that was around two. And I think you guys went till three or four. <laughs> um, and it just was, it was that, that retreat was so alive and so rich that there was just nobody ever wanted to stop and it just kept going and it was just so flowing and beautiful. So I just wanted to say that part of that retreat since then, I mean, Swami Pramodaya pretty has very freely gone beyond the time again and again, hours sometimes where we'll have, you know, a class, but we'll go overtime. And it's like, we get so much more than, than what we uh, registered for. It's been beautiful, but I, please keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was the first full day for me on the retreat. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Wow. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next day, I think, well, it doesn't matter. The day I was the day before I left on the Monday. Yeah. And um, Ananda in the morning asked me, so are you thinking of becoming a disciple? And I said, well, I don't know. It's possible, but you have to give me some time. It might take a long time before I get there. <laughs> you know? And that was literally... That was the morning, and then we had a meditation, and in that meditation, a meditation by Swami Premadaya, it was a recording, and in that meditation, I experienced such a, 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 a connection to the eternal, to, to something huge i and i was sitting there in 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 an awe and a bliss and i i didn't even want to move out I, out of my sitting position i was like i can sit here forever i i'll just sit here forever and it it was really divine it was really incredible and then people started talking and i just couldn't help grasping my heart because it was Bound, pounding so strongly and I, I I felt this divine energy moving and, and it was so enjoyable and incredible and then I, I went to talk to Swamiji I came and sat next to him on the chair and it was so clear it was so so clear that I want I wanted to become a disciple. I was ready. And so it was only an hour before I said, yeah, it might take a really long time before I become a disciple. <laughs> it took an eternity experience. That's true. Yeah. It took an eternity. Yeah. It was very long. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and then I asked, and, and it really, nothing has ever felt so clear. It was really clear. It was so clear. And that that was what I was supposed to do, what where I was supposed to be. That, and um, it was quite funny because because it was so clear. 
I immediately, when I asked him, Swamiji said yes. And I went, I remember going to sit in front of him, like, okay, you can do it now. <laughs> and he was like, wow, now, now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm later today. <laughs> so, um, and then Swamiji and it, said, it, it was the first impromptu yeah. uh, initiation. Yeah. yeah, Swamiji said, let's do it in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that has never happened uh, yeah. before or since. Yeah. And so that's when I became a disciple. And I remember being on the plane back and so in love with Swamiji, looking at his picture and thinking, wow, I'm so blessed. How is this possible? Yeah. And you're... <laughs> practice has been <clears throat> growing and growing ever since. And like you said, insights and awareness and becoming a conscious, conscious of. And um, so that was 2012, you said, or is that 2000? No, that was 2013. Yes. So that was 2013. So that's 10 years ago yeah. uh, this summer. So you're almost at 10 years of, of um, discipleship. And, one of the things Swami Premadaya has announced recently is uh, he now has advanced disciples. Mm -hmm. So we basically, you know, we, we don't have a dogmatic system. It's not like a, a karate class where you take so many classes and you get a, a blue belt and then you do enough, uh, you know, high kicks and you get a red belt. It's, it's not that there's systems of structure but there is identification and, and it's helpful for people to understand like advanced disciple. In other words, it isn't something you earn by, you know, doing so many hours of meditation or doing it's, it's a recognition. Swami Premadaya has talked about publicly many times that it's, it's, it's a recognition. So he, he, as soon as he sees something, he immediately shares it with us and <clears throat> to help people, uh, he basically says, you know, there's a non-disciple or uh, that's on a spiritual path. That's that's a student. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's somebody who recognizes their teach, their guru, their teacher, and takes a formal initiation into the guru-disciple relationship. That's guru, that's disciple. And then he says that a disciple all the way to the end of disciple who's completely lost in their spiritual path, who's completely lost in the master, who is living discipleship completely um it, it, that practice is so full that that is a devotee a devotee is a finished you know it's an end a disciple who all the way to the end degree he's he said um you think about it as as how i kind of uh, put put it into terms is you know a disciple's still doing a lot of practicing uh, but the devotee is now living it's like it is so imbibed it's so taken in that your your path the understanding your practice uh, you know one of one of one of the swami pramadaya's practical teachings is you're already practicing your life is spiritual practice so your everything you do everything you think everything you feel everything you consciously or unconsciously do that's your practice so a disciple is trying to get to the practice where they're being more awareness, more aliveness, more consciousness, and a devotee is entirely lost to where they're they're living that. Um, 
And one thing he has that has come out recently in his uh, uh, guruship is he has recognized advanced disciples. It's uh, still a disciple. You're still working hard. You're still practicing, but it's more advanced. You're living your discipleship for real much more. It's not so much in every moment that you're struggling to try to live discipleship and try to focus on spiritual path. It's been the, the, the spiritual path has been eaten and digested more to where you're living it. And he has called that an, an advanced disciple. So he has named three advanced disciples in his uh, Sangha, in the Sangha of Icoda, And you are an advanced disciple. Uh, he has recognized and acknowledged and talked about publicly how you're living as an advanced disciple. And I'd like you to talk about that a little bit because I think it's really helpful for people and because I just love to hear about it. <laughs> so once you were, were, were acknowledged and publicly recognized as an advanced disciple, um, what was that like for you? What was the the experience of that? Well, I think it started already before, because before that, I already felt things are shifting. Things are, I, I started seeing myself that there is nothing else. Life is God. God is life. Life is my guru. There is no life for me without my guru. That's that everything was contained uh, in that, uh, and everything was is <laughs> uh, is um, full full of my guru, full of God, and. I would look at people and I still have that. I, I look at people and I see my guru and I talk to them and I'm my guru is with me and it's in in it it's his presence is all over and it's it's so wonderful because everything is the same but everything is different. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's that recognition that that all is my guru, my guru is all, and it's always having him with me. And and then it's no longer work, it's 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 the joy, it's 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 the miracle of it and and and, and being being able to live that is is so wonderful. It's what a gift, what a blessing, and it's really recognizing for real that Swami Pramodaya is my guru and that's for life. It's for eternity. And yeah. It's also the beautiful part of, you know, the all is one it's, it's living. It was one of the things that we talked about is, is the responsibility of it. So it, it's, it's being yeah. acknowledged as an advanced disciple and in seeing that all is one, mm -hmm. you now have a responsibility to live that. Mm -hmm. And we're human. We fall into all kinds of nonsense. But you have a responsibility to, now that you've seen and, and, and with your own eyes mm -hmm. and you have really lived the, the understanding and it's become your own seeing 
that all is one. It's like, well, now you really have a responsibility to not fall into judgment, to to maintain compassion. It, it to all of the, it, it's actually the immediate because I'm also an advanced disciple. I should mention that. <clears throat> was also recognized as an, an advanced disciple. So you and I have spoken as mm-hmm. advanced disciples about advanced discipleship. And mm-hmm. one of the things that we shared in so much was the responsibility of it. You have a responsibility to live your, your, what you know, you have to live what you know. Yeah. And you, you know, it, <laughs> that is living your discipleship. And so I basically I have a responsibility to live my discipleship. I have a responsibility to live my understanding and honoring all as one because it's not an idea. It's something that you see. It's something that I see. And so therefore, to to live the responsibility of that, not only to your Sangha members, to especially to yourself, but mm-hmm. also in and especially with your guru. It's like once you know this is truly your guru, then to indulge all the doubt and all the nonsense, which just keeps you in drama, keeps you in your mind. It's like, do I want to, you know, engage in that? Or do you want to live the responsibility of seeing uh, the divine domain operating (laughs) as all there is and as the only thing that is Um, no more? Basically, you can't, you can no longer indulge the debate because now you've seen the truth for yourself. And so you have a responsibility to live that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the same with, if you get freedom, you can get responsibility, you know, I mean, it's the same. You become advanced disciple, you have responsibility and, and yeah, that was very palpable when I just became a disciple, an advanced disciple. It was really like, okay. And now I have to live up to that. You know, I, that's, that's where I am. And there's, no pretending I'm not there. That's where I am. And that is the responsibility. Like you said, it's really to be where you are and, and not play those games anymore. And there is no doubt. So there's no need to play any doubting game. Um, and Ananda Dev, I think you can comment on this as well, because one of the things that I noticed so significantly in uh, Shamari Dev living her advanced discipleship is the precision like you can hear how solid and how accurate you can hear and feel what she's saying. You know, there's, it's, it's so direct. It's so deliberate. It's so, and it's also so open and accessible in the way she speaks and shares herself. It's like, you know, she's gotten so clear in relating as herself and, and sharing her understanding while also at the same time being able to receive. It's like, the, the natural part of her just living what she knows as herself is so evident. Yeah, absolutely. She's way more relaxed, way more joyful, way more herself. It's, I, there was, um, we were at a, at a, at a party and pictures were taken and I was looking at the pictures because I had to send them. And every picture I saw her on, it, it was very striking for me to see like, oh, wow, she, the, the relaxedness, the shomariness was just shining through. It was very easy, very evident. And also um, in, in, in our day-to-day relating, um, 
life got easier for me too. (laughs) (laughs) Shamari, it is really enjoyable to enjoyable is such a, it's, I don't want to, I want to have much bigger words. It's a blessing to experience your radiance, your joy, your, your rock solidness, your, your strength, and you're, you're just your the the brilliance of your radiating happiness, while which is like rested in also this this gentle relaxation has been such a gift to me personally, but also many people at our sangha have have uh, commented on it and what it's done for them. And then the other uh, piece that's so. Um, sweet is how even with strangers even with or people you maybe or you know acquaintance was with the effects of your advanced discipleship on your life is so profound to witness but it's also experienced by anybody who is around you or or becomes around you and that has been something i i've it's it's like having a, a <laughs> something really really enjoyable to to witness. So yes, it's 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 wonderful to notice how people because I I have no self doubt anymore. I used to doubt everything, and I, I I know I can just be myself, and that's the best the best one to be, and. And there's no comparison. The comparison game stopped and there's no good and bad. No, it's just me. And and there's all that nonsense of, of comparing or, or I have to do better or I have to do... Th- no, it's fine. It's just me. Just be aware, do as good as you can. And that's that. And be honest, be truthful, be real. And that's that's what my aim is now. Be real. Are you real? Be real. Check in, be real. And that's so much more loving. It's so much more loving to myself. And that makes me more loving to others. And I've noticed how other people reacted on me is, is, is they really feel like they can relax when I'm there. They really feel like they can trust me. And there's an openness that comes and, and then it's, it's there's wonderful exchanges of people that I wouldn't expect to open up and they all of a sudden start talking about spiritual things and and there are people that normally are not busy with spirituality but they feel with me the door is open and and that that they can tell their stories of 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 their experiences like I think this is true but if I say this to my brother or sister or mother or friend they will think I'm crazy but they know it's true because life is 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 a mystery and life is there's so much we don't know yet and there's so much possible and with all all the teachings in in conventional life tell us not to open ourselves to that and I noticed that since being an advanced disciple, people are opening up much, much more to me in 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 that sense, and that is that is because I emanate my guru and I, yes, I, mm-hmm. and yeah, I a lot of the richness of what you're saying, and this is part of the the example of advanced discipleship is you're 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 literally describing living the teachings and understandings that Swami Premadaya, he's the one that, that works with us to drop 
all judgments, to drop all comparison, to, to be able to know yourself truly, to be able to be live your aliveness to to increase and grow your awareness and consciousness so that's those are literally all practices from swami pramadaya so beautiful yes yes i mean everything <laughs> everything comes from my guru so <laughs> that's my and also too. another thing that i i noticed um is that with the advanced discipleship also humbleness i mm -hmm. i, I it makes me very humble because I recognize that uh, I I can just see like a part of the elephant and and that's just a part of the elephant and and there's so much more going on you know there's the elephant and then there's a space where the elephant lives and that is there's the country and then there's the world and there's and then there's the universe and what do I, you know, I just see this little part of the elephant. So that recognition is, is really I'm, humbling. I've always loved this example too. And I've heard it from Swami Pramadaya and he's quoted it from somewhere yes. else. So I, I don't know where the original example actually was come from, if it comes from Buddhism or Hinduism, but it's also, also from Swamiji. From yes. Because it, it also depends on where you're, where you're looking at the elephant. <laughs> somebody will be like, this thing has got giant ears. And somebody else will be like, you know, what do you mean the giant nose? You're like, you know, if you're looking at it from the back, you don't know that you know what's going on at the front. Yeah. <laughs> if all you could see is a tusk, yeah. And all you yeah. could see is a tail, <laughs> like you have very different views. Yeah. It just tells you why you should be so humble, is because <laughs> your perspective it can't possibly even grasp what's going on so it, it is very humbling it's also very one of the 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 other humbling factors is just how much joy and happiness you're like i get to like life gets to be this good it gets to be an actual celebration oh my yeah. goodness <laughs> yeah yeah another thing i learned from swamiji and i really understood it now i can choose happiness mm -hmm. i mean they don't teach you that at school. <laughs> no, they don't. In fact, they, they teach you that there's a ton of problems yeah. and that life is basically a, a, I mean, look at Osho's, one of Osho, Jai Jai Osho, um, Osho's quotes, which is life is not a problem to be solved, but a mystery to be lived. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Speaking of problems to be solved and a mystery to be lived, we did promise people that we'd talk a little bit. <laughs> Uh, about I know we've been talking for a little while, but you know I love I love chatting with you so much and you know Bhakti Talk podcast. So speaking of love, <laughs> uh, tell us uh, from both of you. I'd like to hear uh, at least a little bit about what it's like to be with a partner uh, and and married and and on a spiritual path, and you happen to be on the same spiritual path. So you're disciples. Uh, who are married uh, on the same spiritual path. So maybe you can help people with what what whatever you would like to share, but certainly what has helped you uh, in traveling together. Well, it's definitely smart to let her go first. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I, 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 want, I wanted to let her go first. So yes, go, go first. Well, I, I go first. There's, there's, there's just one thing I, I wanted to say. He is a risk taker. That's one thing you can say. I mean, he took discipleship first. He might as well go first. He's, uh, yeah, test the water, see how it goes. I love the risk taker. Go for it. 
having this podcast we're having now and hearing you speak, Shomari, it's very striking to hear everything you say. Of course, I've been there. I walked with you, but we literally walked next to each other. We talk, we know each other, but everything you shared now and also how you shared it was, is also very revealing to me. Thing, things you said now are some of the things I, I also heard the first time, like everyone else. Um, and that shows me very much also, yes, we are together on this path, but sometimes you see each other, sometimes you don't see each other. We all have our own experiences. You have your experience, I have my experience, uh, especially when you talk about yoga. Of course, I knew it was very important to you to come uh, have the Bikram yoga teacher training, but how you spoke about it now, it was even way more important for you than I realized at the time. And so now you're sharing that, I realized like, oh, wow, yes, of course, of course, this was incredibly important for you. Um, but then to add to being on a spiritual path together, like having the same guru, being disciples, it's, it's, yeah, it's so enriching in so many ways. Mm. If you know, if if you have something to immediately share, please go ahead. Uh, okay, I'll go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take over. <laughs> yeah, no, for me, it's very, very clear that the support of Ananda during discipleship, during growth, because they are, there are challenges you meet in discipleship because you really are encouraged to turn every stone, you're encouraged to really look at yourself at what you want, at who you are, at everything. Like Swamiji really encourages to look for ourselves, to think for ourselves, to verify, to not just take it for granted. So it is a, a, a path where sometimes you struggle. Oh, sure. Always and you, can, you can't change what you aren't aware of. Yeah. So if there's whatever's going on in you, you have to become aware of it. And yeah. becoming aware of it is an arduous process. And a lot of times it involves aspects we don't want to become aware of. Nobody yeah. wants to actually, you know, go, ooh, that's not so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm selfish or I'm judgmental or I'm, I, ha I have an inner critic that runs my life. Mm -hmm. That's not fun. That's oh. hard. Yeah. So, but there's no changing. You cannot change anything you're not aware of. So awareness is always the first step. And yeah. when you first become aware of it, it, it almost always in, involves at the minimum, a level of discomfort. Yeah. So you were saying in, in that discomfort, it's, it's really a support to have someone next to you that's, that understands what's going on what is happening with you, why this is happening, and also understands why it's good that this is happening. And so having that support is enormous. And of course, there is the Sangha, and the Sangha really also gives that support, especially now that we're doing online meetings with each other. That's, I, I really, from the first meeting, I feel 
the benefits of that coming together as, as spiritual people and really supporting each other on that path it's enormous the support we're getting from that is just huge but having a partner is even you know that's that's great because he's actually literally there every day and 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 also because well we live in brussels we don't live in los angeles so i cannot just drive over to any of the sangha so we are in, I mean, I can always call. I know that, <laughs> but it is it is good to have someone here next to you, and and that's that's an incredible support. So aside aside from this support that is really crucial, has been very uh, um, yeah crucial in my growth. Um, but also there is the 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 it's very inspiring. It was Ananda has been very disciplined in his meditations from day one. And that has been so inspiring to me because even though I was very disciplined in my practice, my yoga practice, my dance practice, it still is not easy to do, to do the discipline on all levels. Um, sure. <clears throat> you know, you work on it, but seeing Ananda from, you know, I don't know how many years ago, <laughs> I think you started meditating quite early. Yeah. And, uh, at that time, I, I I wasn't ready yet to meditate. I was still doing a lot of different things, and I thought I have to do all these things. Well, it's okay. <laughs> but those things, for example, the, it was very inspiring to me already then to see how disciplined he is, how how it helps him, how that benefits us. So it's that's the inspiring part, and then also. Having a partner that actually works on himself, that actually uh, looks at life, at what is going on, and actually is growing, is willing to grow, is open to that, is open-minded, that is just amazing. That is like a, an amazing gift. Um, I think if I had a partner that wouldn't be so open-minded, that wouldn't be willing to work on himself, that wouldn't be willing to, to, to grow spiritually... That would be a really tough journey, and it would be. It'd be really, yeah. really hard because you're you're. So that that's one of the things that I'd like to comment on is one of the 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 aspects of your relationship that's so enjoyable is also the same aspect of your parenting that is so inspiring, which is when it comes to your spiritual path, it comes first. So it's it's you Ananda Dev, your spiritual path is, is what's important. And you, Shamari Dev, it's your, your spiritual path that's what's important. And then our relationship probably comes third. It certainly comes after the boys. So it's like <clears throat> by not making it all about you mm. and by by respecting and honoring your path first, that is one of the keys to such an incredible relationship on uh, a path that is about reflection because one of the practical teachings from Swami Pramadaya is you can't know yourself without other people. Mm -hmm. So, but to really go in and to really know yourself is a challenging path. And if you're going to be partners on, on that path, it is that it's your path comes first. And then as parents, your children come first. It's not, and your children as individuals, not as objects you own so that, that they will live the way you say it's like that is an honored sacred being 
and it is their life. It's not a life that I own. They are not an extension of me. And that's how you live your parent. Your your uh, that's how you live as a parent. But it's also how you live as a spiritual practitioner. And so I've always loved the term uh, practitioner uh, since Guruji is clued me clued us in because he said it at a public event that it's so beautiful because practitioner has the word practice in it. And it's like, you're, you're always practicing. You're always practicing anyway. And by, by making that practice, the priority in your life, everything else gets in its rightful uh, proportion and it makes it less about who's right and who's wrong. Cause you're guaranteed to have uh, challenges and, and issues. That's part of relating, especially in a marriage and all those things. But it, because your spiritual path, your spiritual practice comes first, it, it puts everything else in its right proportion. It makes it, uh, from what you guys have each said to me, you can deal with whatever comes up because you already know what your priorities are. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. It's about guru. It's about God that is first. And looking at that, then all the other things become very, very manageable. And and uh, what Shamari already said, um, you know what is important for each other, but also for yourself personally. And one one thing actually, not it was it wasn't that long ago actually that Shamari told me like ah oh, I'm not disciplined. I was like, what are you talking about? You're not disciplined, and, and that was one very simple thing I could just well it was very obvious, but um, it's also that's one of uh, Swamiji's teachings. It's like. But you're already like, for, for example, uses the word service. Service is part of the par uh, spiritual path and, ser you know, service of another seva uh, or serving the spiritual path or serving somebody on the spiritual path is the highest. Right. But he's also so practically said, but you're already serving something anyway. Mm. So in that sense, when you look at it, you're even if you're living in chaos, it's it's a that's a kind of discipline. And so you are able to insightfully reflect back to Shamari the the discipline she is living and she was able to see that and go oh yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah. The, the 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 other thing about being together with a disciple um living you know being married to one is uh, Swami Primaraya is the practical guru. So he's given so many things to us that we can actually use in our daily life and which, for example, on, 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 on planning, on communication, on understanding our personalities and on expectations and desires. On parenting. On parenting. There's so many things that, that, that Swami Primaraya showed us that we learned that Oh, that we started to understand. I'm like, oh, that's why we have a conflict about it. Oh, but then we can just solve it. So it's been on the practical level to be a disciple and be married to a disciple is just such an advantage because you can really use the, the spiritual understandings in a practical way. Yeah, and the more we live as disciples together, that yeah. that's also something uh, Guru Dev has told us and uh, us personally also many times like um live as disciples and the more we live as disciples the easier everything is also 
Yeah, the easier the also the easier because your priority is the spiritual path. It's like the there's not such a stress about anything else. It's not a it's not about everything. Just takes its right priority. I, I, that's what I've found being uh, um, focused on the spiritual path myself. Yeah. Okay. Anything? Uh, anything? I think we were about ready to wrap it up. Anything else you guys want to want to share about that? Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for inviting me. And Jai Pramodaya. Ah, Jai Jai. Jai Jai Pramodaya. Oh, yeah, it was a, it was an absolute absolute pleasure. I learned a lot from you, Shamari. <laughs> for real, I, for real. And I still am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wonderful! I, I uh, Shamari Dev, thank you so much for being our first guest. It's it's so wonderful to spend any time with you. I love you very much, Ananda, my brother. I love you very much. It's such a such a pleasure to meet like this, uh, to to actually talk about our spiritual path, to relish in the love for our beloved Guru Swami Premadaya, and we certainly honor all spiritual seekers. Um, we just want to take a moment to let you know that the Bhakti Talk podcast is presented by the International Centers of Divine Awakening, which was founded by our beloved Guru Swami Premadaya. You can visit our website at i coda.org and new episodes of bhakti talk podcast will come out every other monday so be sure to subscribe to be notified of new content and we also have a full calendar of events at icoda including satsang and spiritual growth seminars as well as transformational programs courses incredible wealth of spiritual wisdom teachings from swami pramadaya and thank you for listening today. Anybody who's tuning in for the first time or a repeat listener, we certainly thank you. Again, a special gratitude, appreciation, love to our beloved guru sister, Shamari Dev, for joining us for this fantastic, lovely talk. I, I, I so enjoyed listening to your story. Thank you to our beloved Sangha again and to all spir spiritual seekers everywhere. And of course, one more time, an ecstatic thank you to our beloved guru, Swami Pramadaya. Jai Jai. Jai Jai, Swami, Swami Pramadaya. <laughs>